runs through my veins Wake up in the morning, think of the game We don't do it, we don't do it for the fame We just do it, we just do it for the game When we play, yeah, you know we shut it down Hit the ice all day until the sun is down All the bunnies looking when we come around Yeah, yeah, you know that we run the town My life started on the R ice Long days and lots of long nights This is my sacrifice They don't know what it's a law like This is junior hockey law ice Welcome to junior hockey life What's up, beauties and bunnies? Welcome to episode six of Junior Hockey Life. Uh, my name is Silvano Valente, and I'm here with my co-host, Brendan Jones. Jonesy, how are you? Good, man. Just fucking getting out of bed here, starting the day. A little tired, but uh, good otherwise. How are you? Uh, I'm feeling it today, I'll tell you that. I went out with the boys last night, and we all know how that goes. But uh, today on episode six, we've got the Yetman brothers, Chad and Bryce. A uh, little background on Chad. So he was recently drafted to the Chicago Blackhawks in the sixth round. Um, his junior career, he played in Erie for three years. Uh, his first year, he had 16 points in 56 games. Second year, he had 57 points in 68 games. And then his final year, he had 61 games played with 74 points, which you can see progressively he got better throughout his uh, career, and it led to him getting drafted in his third year. Um, he also had a brief stint with the Coburg Cougars in 2016-2017, uh, uh, playing eight games, tallying one point, and then playing in the playoffs as well. So definitely uh, a good resume on this guy. Yeah, for sure. And um, he kind of uh, – Bryce kind of led the way for him as Bryce played in the OHL before he came to the league. So um, I'm sure Bryce was able to give him a few um, – good words of advice for him coming into the league but for Bryce Bryce played four years in the OHL splitting time be- between the Plymouth Whalers the Sioux Greyhounds and the Flint Firebirds playing 114 games for 23 points and then he went down to the Chatham Maroons in the GOJHL playing two years for 113 points and then in his last year playing the GMHL putting up a incredible 153 points in 37 games and that's 4.14 points per game so <laughs> that is uh absolutely definitely an insane stat but um yeah definitely a good resume for Bryce as well so Bryce that year when he got all those points he played for the Windsor Aces correct yeah yeah that's uh that's where your buddy Luke played as well yeah Definitely. Uh, I, I don't know. I've never played in the league, but I heard it's kind of like equivalent to like junior B slash junior C. So it's still very impressive putting up those uh, those numbers in that league. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just I mean, I think it all depends on the team you play. Like there's some teams that are pretty stacked and there's some teams that are pretty weak. So it just depends on the team you play. Um, but yeah, I mean, all around it, it, it's not the worst league to play in. No, for sure. Before we get with Bryce and Chad, we're going to pick our winners for the Clubhouse gift cards. Uh, I have the spin wheel right in front of me here, and I'm going to take a video of it. So that way everyone knows that it was actually, like, randomized. I'll take a video here. We'll be picking our uh, our $25 gift card uh, winners today. Here we go. 
quick to spin. Winner number one is Andrew Clark from the Amherstburg Admirals. Congratulations, Clarky. We'll uh, get you that gift card uh, either this week or we'll figure something out. And let's see number two. <laughs> Winner number two is Shane McFadden. Fad will get you uh, that gift card this time, this sometime this week. <laughs> Congratulations, boys. All right, and today on episode six, we have Bryce and Chad Yetman. Boys, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Hello, fellas. Nice to be here. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming on. We appreciate it. Um, I guess we'll get right into it, and we'll uh, start with your kind of uh Bryce what how was your first uh junior camp like uh it was tough I mean I was went into camp six foot one 147 pounds I wasn't very heavy and I mean I was tall but obviously not on the heavier end and I mean I I thought personally I played okay but I mean it's such a big jump for midget to to uh, the OHL especially playing as a 16 year old against guys three four years older than you that are six three two ten absolute units so i mean it was really eye-opening i mean it was really tough at first but i mean i i adjusted pretty quick for sure that's good yeah it's uh it's definitely a different transition i never played in the ohl or anything so i wouldn't know but um even going from like minor just to junior in general like it's definitely a big transition playing against those bigger guys uh chad how about you what was your transition like um well it was you know more of the same i was uh i was not as tall as bryce still he's still got a few inches on me but uh i think we were probably around the same weight when we both went to our first camp but um you know uh, it was it was hard but um it was just a cool experience i went into it not really thinking i was going to make the team i was a 10th round pick um you know i just I just kind of went and played and showed my stuff. And, uh, you know, you're playing against guys like the Brinkat, Strom, uh, the Radish brothers. Uh, they're all in the ice at camp, and you're just kind of sitting there and, you know, watching these guys thinking, holy shit, like, they're they're way better or, or whatever, and I'm just out here, and uh, you don't really have much of a chance. But, um, you know, you just kind of do your thing, and, uh, you know, I caught some eyes. And then uh, coming into my second camp, uh, I, you know, put on a lot of weight and then, uh, you know, just came in with some confidence and, and, you know, showed pretty well and ended up making the team. Yeah. What's it like, uh, like being a leader on the team, like last year, like you were an assistant captain, like what, uh, like what was the biggest role in that? You know, I think the, the best part for me was when I jumped into the league as a rookie, there were 10, maybe 11 of us. So, um, now or last year when, you know, all those guys, turn 19 and we're older it's it's just anyone could have gotten a letter right like we're all we're all leaders we're all the same we we grew up um you know playing on that on that team together the last you know three years and uh went through all the same experiences and um you know it's easy it's easy when it's when uh you know all the guys are so tight like that and um yeah it's uh it always comes with like a little bit of a responsibility but um you know, I just, I didn't really try to, you know, have to do too much because there were more than just, you know, four leaders on that team. 
So, uh, Bryce, how was your first year in uh, in Plymouth? You started out, right? You guys were actually – it was back when Plymouth was a team. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was good. I enjoyed the shit out of it. But uh, we had uh, – we weren't the greatest team. We, like, kind of chatted situation. We had uh, – I think we had nine or ten rookies also. So, I mean, rookie duties were, were pretty easy because you had ten guys yeah. to do it with. But, yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I only played, I think – don't quote me on this, but around 38 games or 30 half the season, I think. And yeah, I mean, it's just such a big adjustment, like adjustment period and adjustment time. Like even Chad, his first year, like you can look at his stats and he went from one year, his first year didn't really have many points compared to his last. I mean, my first year and last year are pretty much the same, no points, but I mean, I was out there and uh, trying to fit in and I think I kind of fit in and found a role whether it was penalty killing or, I mean, being like a third or fourth line grind guy, I kind of fit in anywhere the coach needed me to be. And um, I found I could, that was kind of one of my strengths is I could play a lot of different roles uh, pretty decently. So where, uh, who do you think kind of either took you under your wing or who was one of your role models in your first year that kind of helped you get your junior game started? Wow, that's a while ago. Um, we had a lot of good guys. I mean, we were a pretty tight-knit group. Uh, we had uh, Matt Mesterly, who had a pretty good career. He played for the uh, Ryerson Rams. We had uh, Carter Sandlack, who's one of the overagers. He's actually uh, – I'm pretty sure he's in the NHL this year. Um, he was re- he actually ref the gold medal game in the World Juniors this year, so that's pretty good for him. We had uh, Nick Melissa, actually uh, – played five years and had the most like games played in the OHL. It was something crazy. I don't know. He got some award for it, but we had a lot of older guys that, uh, that kind of took us all in and made us feel welcome. Um, so it was good. What would your guys' biggest welcome to junior hockey moment be? Yeah. Um, it's funny. It wasn't really, uh, it wasn't something that uh, happened, you know, in a game or, or anything like that. It's kind of a little bit of a funny story. Um, it was after my first game. We played in Kingston, and uh, Jason Robertson scored a hat trick. Scored his scored his uh, his third goal in overtime to beat us. And so, you know, before that, Bryce played in the league, and I was a big fan of the OHL. I watched OHL hockey more than I did. Uh, NHL and uh, I was always following the Instagram and and all that and uh, you know I became I became a fan really and uh, I watched all these these you know guys put up all these numbers and then you know I'm playing against them but after that game the OHL posted um, a video of of Robertson's hat trick and then his overtime winner against us and I liked it right and so the next day or later that night, I don't know, my assistant coach, he's a younger, he was a younger guy. Like we have a great relationship and I think he was, uh, yeah. So he saw it and, uh, he said, Hey, uh, I saw you liked Jason Robertson's goal, the overtime winner. And I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know. And like, what's the big, is that, yeah, is that a big deal? And he's like, he's like, what the fuck, man? He's like, they just beat us. What are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, like, sorry, right? And I'm just, a, this is my first game. Like, I'm just a rookie and like, he's messing with me, but he's kind of serious too. And and then he's like, listen, one thing I got to tell you for right from now, he's like, don't be a fucking fan. That's all I said. And I'm like, all right. I didn't like another, I didn't like another OHL post other than someone from our team or, or anything like that. So that was my kind of welcome to the league. You're here and 
and stop being a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Bryce, how was your uh, or what was your welcome to junior hockey moment? So mine was kind of similar to Chad's where it was kind of an off ice thing. It wasn't really on the ice. Um, so I went into camp my first year, like I said, not a big guy, 6'1", 140 or whatever. And we were doing uh, fitness testing at the start of camp. And uh, we were in the gym or whatever, and we had a bench press. We And I was in a group. I forget exactly who was in my group, but I remember Connor Carrick was in my group. He's a, he had a pretty solid career in the NHL. I think he's still playing. But uh, anyways, so we, uh, we were doing bench press, and me not being the biggest guy, I went up, and I literally did one bench press. That was it. And couldn't do another one. And hey, then Sam, I got up. Yeah, Sam Bennett, I'm pretty sure, at his fucking uh, NHL yeah. entry thing, did the same thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> he was, his was pull-ups, I think, though. Yeah. I'd be more pull-up, that's for sure. But <laughs> anyway, so, and then I get off the bench or whatever, not not fully embarrassed, but kind of like, fuck, like, that's, that's tough luck or whatever. And I look over, and Connor Carrick, they're counting to 40. 41 <laughs> ripped out 42 bench press right after me and i did one so <laughs> kind of my uh my welcome to the go moment that's all right i failed my fair share of uh, fitness testing so it's all good <laughs> um so chad we'll go to you how was uh your draft day experience um well obviously like covid year it's is different um whatever and and you know it's it was two years after my my uh, original draft year so you know it's not something I was really you know too um I don't know too like I didn't put all my eggs in one basket really you know what I mean so um you know I'd only talked to one team which was Chicago and uh you know they were on me a little bit before the draft and uh, the uh, the OHL scout um he was uh, texting me and, and let me know, like, hey, I'm going to pull for you in the draft, but there's no guarantees. You know, like, we have a late pick. Anyways, um, so I wasn't really paying attention to the draft much. I was, you know, checking in here and there. I had some guys that I knew that were uh, supposed to be drafted. And, uh, and yeah, so I was, you know, checking in and out. And then I was uh, just, you know, relaxing and, and hanging around. And then my phone started to blow up a little bit. and. Uh, Sure enough, I ended up getting selected, and and uh, you know everyone in the family kind of went zero to one hundred, and we all kind of freaked out. So uh, then then it was a little bit of a mad scramble, and we didn't really know what to do, but uh, we enjoyed that night. Yeah, that was awesome. I remember uh, kind of being around, and um, every day I'd hear like, "Oh, Chaz talking to the Chicago scout. Chaz talking to the Chicago scout." And I'm like, "No way, he's getting a shot. Like he's." He's missed his draft year. I don't think he's going to go. I said maybe. Full faith like, in him, eh? <laughs> I, well, I mean, I, yeah, it probably wasn't good as a brother to be doing saying that. But, I mean, I just didn't think he had a chance, just especially because, like, after his draft year and everything. And um, he's, like, an older guy and stuff. I thought maybe he would just sign a free agent contract and maybe squeak his way into the A or the coast that way. But, uh, but yeah, we kept hearing more and more about the Chicago scout uh pulling for him so it was a it was a pretty big day i was pretty fired up for him and sent him a text saying congrats and stuff so that was a pretty cool day for the uh the Yetman family 
Mm-hmm. Chad, do you think uh, having your older brother play in the O first kind of helped you out when uh, getting into it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I got to watch a lot of OHL hockey and uh, see what it kind of looked like firsthand. Um, well, I guess secondhand wouldn't, wouldn't really be firsthand, but um, I got to watch quite a bit of hockey and see what the league's like and you know what the players are like and um, you know maybe a little bit of what it looked like um, it took to play there and. Um, obviously, it's different when you're actually on, you know, in the league and stuff. But uh, you know, it just gave me a look into it and see how the league worked a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was great. Bryce, was there any advice that you gave Chad before he played his first game or had his first year? Um, I mean, my memory is not the best, but um, I think I kind of sent him a few texts, just kind of let him know to play his game. I mean, he's there for a reason, and there, he's getting a shot someone likes him or someone likes the way he plays someone likes the way he works whatever that may be I, I said just go play your game just do what you can out there I mean you can't do more than what you can do right I don't know if that makes sense but you know what I mean um, just go out there and work hard and work hard every day not just here and there like every day 24-7 and you'll get your shot you'll find a way in so that's kind of was my little spiel to him before he played so Chad with you playing or not playing, but getting invited to the Wings development camp, did that like prepare you to like play in like, the A right now and like get you ready for like professional hockey? Um, yes and no. Like it was just a a good look into what um what maybe like a pro hockey team is run like. Um, they try to make the the camps as uh it was close to what the what the daily routine during a season would would be like. So. Um, the development camp was a little different, but um, when I went to the rookie camp and the main camp, it was it was pretty similar to what we're doing here. But um, you know, the hockey was a little bit different. Um, it, was, it was hard. It was hard to really uh, hard to really grasp how how the AHL would kind of uh, you know be compared to that rookie tournament I played in Traverse City. But uh, you know, obviously there were a lot of younger guys playing in Traverse City compared to here. Now I'm playing against some guys that are you know 30 years old. So it, it definitely prepared me in a way, but um, I'm, I'm just glad I got the opportunity because, you know, if I kind of came in here, um, you know, not really knowing what a pro organization kind of is run like, then I think it would have been a little bit different. So you know, it gave me like that, just that foot in the doors to see what, um, what kind of, what it kind of looks like. What do you think uh, one of the biggest differences was from playing junior and playing pro like, Obviously, you're playing against guys that are way older than you. That's one big thing. But what else would you say is kind of like one of the things you noticed about the the difference between the two? I just think that it's it's a job now, and and guys really treat it like a job. It took me a little bit to really understand that you gotta walk into the rink every day and and punch in. You know, you get the older guys in your team, and you know they're working their balls off and you kind of see like holy like they don't they don't know if they have a job next year right it's just it's kind of crazy in a way you just think that everyone's safe and everyone's going to be back and you know next year or whatever it is but you gotta quickly understand that you gotta earn your way and and earn that that you know next contract or whatever it is so um that's kind of the biggest um kind of you know, biggest thing I've noticed or seen other than, um, you know, guys are bigger, stronger, faster. <laughs> Just everyone really wants it. and um, They come to work every day. 
Um, so Bryce, I think it was either Gersh or uh, Dougie that told us to bring this up. It was Kinger. But was it Kinger? Okay, sorry, it was Kinger. So what's the Yeti banger? What's all that about? (laughs) Well, to be honest, I think it started out as a self-proclaimed thing. I was just an idiot one day trying to screw up in the locker room. And I think it was in Sioux St. Marie where it first started. And then I kind of, I think I was walking around calling myself it, just shooting the shit or whatever. And then someone finally caught on and started calling me that and uh it just kind of started going so i i honestly think from what i remember i started it but um (laughs) but then i ended up getting it on my sticks so um it kind of stuck from there so the safest safest nickname is one that uh, you can pick for yourself for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure so i mean i didn't even I didn't even expect it to be a nickname. I was just kind of, I mean, I'm kind of an idiot sometimes in the locker room, like to have fun and screw around a bit. So I think I was just shooting the shit one day, having fun, and then it just kind of ended up sticking. So just walking the chat on his first day, like, what's up? Like, I'm fucking Yeti banger. Like, <laughs> well, oh, tell well, us beans or someone in the locker room on like the first day. Yeah. What are you so, doing? I mean, I came into the locker room. I mean, I'm I'm not the cockiest guy. Like, I don't try to go out of my way to like look like a cocky prick or anything. But I went into the locker room and I dropped my bag down. And I wasn't really paying attention too much. There was a lot going on. I mean, I drove all the way from the zoo, went to my billets, went to the room, like just met everyone for the first day. But I put my bag down in like the kind of the middle area of the room, and the corner of it was touching the logo. It was like on the logo, and like I didn't think anything go do stuff with the general manager whatever it was and the guys like freaked out at me because i've had my bag on the logo and obviously you're not supposed to step on the logo or throw tape on the logo or etc whatever so i didn't think anything of it and then they started reaming me out i'm like boys like fucking relax like i like i didn't mean to sorry like and then the funny thing is towards the end of that year i just heard stories that uh they all thought I was the biggest cocky prick coming in there and didn't give a shit. And it was just com- a complete misunderstanding because I didn't even like think about it or realize, but it was kind of a funny story there. <laughs> That's funny. Also, Kinger wanted me to bring this up to you. What is this chicory cord about too? <laughs> so chicory cord was my street name of our billet houses. He actually lived, Kinger lived right next to me. And then I live with Natasha and Phenomenal Billets. Um, but then Josh Saprika, who was King I was talking about last time, he actually moved in with me for the second year. But we just used to always hang out all the time. And whether it was our billets or his billets, we'd always be getting into something, no matter what night of the week it was, no matter what time it was. So that was a good re- good little relationship we had there. And uh, it was kind of just... Uh, little joke that we all live we live right beside each other on the same street so boys getting into trouble in chicory court i love it <laughs> yeah yeah how, how was your sleep schedule at chicory court was good yeah <laughs> i'd rather not talk about it but i mean I, <laughs> there's a lot of uh a lot of gaming going on throughout the nights and a lot of sleep during the day is all i'll, all I'll say 
Are you a COD guy or what are you? Yeah, right now I am, but uh, back then Fortnite was huge and played a lot of NHL still and back then. But I mean, I'm I jump around all over. To I don't really uh, have a set game. I play all the time. I kind of jump around all over. So so Chad, what uh, what's it like playing in front of like nobody? Yeah. Uh, like, how do you get fired up for a game if there's just nobody in the stands? Don't well, beat her on the bus, eh, Jonesy? To <laughs> <laughs> like to play against nobody. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't play a game for the last 11 months or whatever it was, so uh, it wasn't that hard to, you know, get up and play. But uh, yeah, it's different. It's it's weird for sure. Um, it's got it's taken some uh, getting used to for sure, but. Uh, it's kind of the new norm right now, and we're kind of working with what we got. Um, we were actually, when we went to Iowa, they had some fans, and it was it was pretty nice to just play in front of anyone. Um, you know, some Rockford fans actually made out the, made the trip out, and um, so we had some someone kind of cheering for us in our corner. But um, yeah, it's it's weird uh, playing without fans, but it's kind of you know, something that you've just gotten used to and, and you just go out and play. So must be so disheartening when you just fucking uh when you score a sick goal and then just no one cheers yeah. for you except for the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda reminds you of the minor days. We hear each other. Actually going to uh Grand Rap- Grand Rapids this weekend. I'm going to going to watch, so uh, be good. <laughs> Better be good. Don't suck. <laughs> so Bryce, you got the chance after you guys lost in Chad and you went up, played for Wellington, what was it like playing in the RBC Cup? You guys lost, unfortunately, but like, what was that experience like? That was unbelievable. I mean, I'll tell people to this day that was probably one of the best talking decisions I've ever made in my life to do that. Um, it's actually a wicked story how it kind of came about. So Josh Saprika, my roommate at the time, he played for Wellington as a 16-year-old. <laughs> And uh, so towards our end of our season, when we were in playoffs there, I think we were down 3-2 or 3-1 or something. And their, their GM called them. It was like, hey, you want to sign an AP card and come play with us after you're done there for playoffs? And then he kind of told them, oh, I'm not sure. I'll let you know. I'm not really sure what's going to happen with us in Chatham. So I'll keep you updated. And then one night he was talking to me about it. And he said, I want to do it. Like, I might just want to be done and not play anymore or whatever. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, go sign that card. He's like, I was like, I'll go with you if you want. Like, call the GM and tell him I'll go with you. So he called him back, sure enough, and asked if I could come too. And the GM said, yeah, we'll shoot you guys both over uh, AP cards to sign and or whatever. So I'm on Xbox that night bragging to my other two <laughs> buddies from Junior B. They played in uh, Niagara, but they're both from Sault Ste. Marie. So that's how I originally knew them. So I lived up there. So I'm bragging like, hey, like I'm going to play junior A after the season's done or whatever. I'm like, my uh, my career is going to keep going. I'm not going to be done. And they're like, well, ask if we can come. So <laughs> so the next day, Supi calls the GM. Hey, we got two more guys from uh, a Niagara team. They want to come. All right, we'll, uh, we'll send two more cards. You guys can all come. So... <laughs> Everyone just hopping uh, on board. <laughs> yeah. So we got all four of us, all four junior B guys went up and uh, I remember we were driving. So they met us from Niagara. They met us 
we met at, I forget where it was, yeah. but it was we, at our house. Yeah, but we met, or maybe it was just at the house. I thought we met somewhere I in Vancouver house. But, too, like, about that. Yeah. So, so we met it. Okay, you so go we ahead. Met at, we met at my house for pregame meal because, uh, so we just lost in Chatham. We I played a six and six, six games in six nights. So we had a three and three in Chatham and then drove up to Wellington, had pregame meal at my house, got there at five o'clock right for the game and played three more games with them. And uh, I just remember my mom saying, like, guys, don't don't expect to play a lot. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. And we didn't know it was going to happen either. But turned out we, uh, we made a pretty big impact on them. And and uh, played a pretty big role. So, and then we made it to the RBC Cup, and what it was unbelievable experience. So cool. Get two rings out of it with the Dudley Hewitt and the uh, the OJ Championship. So, unfortunately, we lost in the final, but I mean, I was there, so it was uh, it was a blast. Yeah, um, I got a funny story about that one though too. Like these guys show up at our house at like two o'clock. All four of these guys, and I, and I don't know, I only know Bryce, I don't know the other guys, so I'm eating their pregame meal with them, just hanging out, whatever, talking, and they're like, boys, we're going to the RBC, like, we're taking over this team, and I'm like, you guys are not even going to play, I'm like, you guys aren't going to play, shut, I'm like, shut up, like, you're not going to the RBC, you're not even going to play, they're down 3-1 in the series, Wellington's down 3-1 to Newmarket, we're down to Newmarket, sure yeah. Yeah. yeah, and sure enough, they go, my mom texts me, oh, Bryce is playing on the first line, and uh, Barbo, the defensive, he's on the first D pair, and then they're, they're all in the power play, and I'm like, shut up. And then five minutes, five minutes into the game, oh, Bryce scored. I'm like, shut up. Like, these, these poor kids, they play all year, and they get scratched because this guy comes in and starts playing on their team. And then they reverse sweep new market and don't lose again, go to the RBC. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe it. Yeah, I think some of the guys are pretty – I'm not going to say upset, but kind of pissed off that we kind of came in and took some spots. But then once we started winning and started rolling, I think they kind of were like, all right, well, we can we can ride this out for a little longer and uh, see where we end up. So, so it worked out in the long run. So, Bryce, you, uh, you, you had the sick lacrosse call in Strathroy before it became kind of like a, a common thing to do. Hey, take us through that play. Like, what was it like to score that kind of goal? Uh, Doug, you might want to listen to this one because he'll get a laugh out of this. But um, I remember we were in Strathroy, and Brian Verbeek was our coach. And I don't know what I did or what if I was playing. I could have been playing like shit. I don't remember. But I remember he sat me for a shift, and I wasn't happy, obviously, because who who's happy when they get sat? But I remember that kind of got me going and kind of I was a little mad inside. And I mean, I can pretty much do that move a hundred times out of a hundred in practice with no pressure. Like it's pretty, pretty easy for me. And I've always thought about doing it again, but never really had the opportunity to just do it. And I think me being a little pissed off and mad that I was sat the shift before I just went out and I saw the opportunity and I just did it. And, uh, and I remember coming back and just kind of looking at my coach, like, I mean, that was probably a dick move for me to do, but I kind of looked at him and was like, like, you just sat me and I did that. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, 
it was pretty good. I wish the camera quality was a little better, but I mean, here's what it is. Yeah, Chatham's Facebook page like blew up like the next day. For yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, so you guys uh, sent us a couple of pictures earlier of your basement and like you're you're hawking at the boat like torn apart. Like what? Like you guys probably went through about what like five or six nets. You guys said. Were your parents mad that you just like ripped through nets, or like what was that like? I mean, there was a couple, uh, couple discussions with our parents for sure. Not so much about uh, about us breaking the nets, but more about we have our storage. That big, there's a big white tarp behind our net. We, uh, my parents used to store their uh, pots and pans and stuff back there, but uh, we had a few discussions after we broke a few crock pots and a few pots yeah. and pans. So. <laughs> the the storage was eventually moved, but uh, we've definitely taken our fair share of feeding on a few different nets throughout the years. Yeah, we never figured out which ones kind of, you know, withstood the pox like as well. So we just started uh, just buying the same net after, like over and over after we just like dummied it. And we, we'd use it until it fell over. So um <laughs> I don't know. We had a lot of we had a lot of games like three bar. That's what we'd always used to play. Um, well, that's why all, the net got but, so fucked up was because we're just hitting yeah. post crossbar post, and then yeah. it would just get torn apart. And then me with my absolute rocket just put dents <laughs> in the post, right? So, uh, and then we get the net that goes around the actual hockey net, like the little extra guard there that yeah. in and that'd be gone in two weeks. And it was yeah. just so. Yeah, that that basement had its uh, had its use for sure. How many pucks oh, you guys thought you like shot a day, like on average? I, I mean, know. I don't think we really had like a like a routine where we'd go and shoot a certain amount of pucks a day. Just we kind of whenever we got bored, we'd just go down. Yeah. And, hey, you want to play three bar? Hey, you want to shoot some pucks? It was kind of just our our getaway to kill time or. Maybe if we couldn't sleep at night, we'd go down there at midnight and shoot pucks and get a phone call from the parents saying, I'm trying to sleep, shut the fuck up, and all that. But, yeah, there's some good times for sure. I mean, we still do that. Whenever all three of us are home, if we're bored, we're just like, I want to go shoot some pucks. But we never had a routine. Like, we just just went into, I don't know, we had our, like, um, just, like, our times where we're, like, shooting pucks all the time, and then we would stop. And we would go, we'd move on to something else, and then we'd come back to shooting pucks, and that's what it was always like. I remember when we were younger, we used to shoot pucks, and we'd be, and then we'd be like, all right, let's play Xbox or play NHL, and like even sometimes between NHL periods, we'd be like, you want to go play a game of three bar quick? And then like we we're, and we were so competitive. Even my youngest brother Blake, he uh, he was actually drafted here past year, no, two years last ago. Year. The last draft, and uh, and he's a little competitive fucker too, and we always used to just battle at everything we did. So, yeah. Um, I remember when I was like younger, like probably like Adam or Pee Wee, my dad would always like give like me and like my brothers like challenges. He'd be like, "Hey, if you can go like downstairs and shoot two hundred pucks, like I'll take it to Hooters next weekend." So like <laughs> me and like Adam or Pee Wee, I was like, "Fuck, it. like sounds good." So I go down there, like rip like some pucks, and then go to Hooters or whatever. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. You actually rip the pucks, or you just throw them at the net and make it sound like it. Well, no, like, you come down and like watch me or whatever. But, oh. Yeah. Hey, dad comes down. Why are you only hitting the post? <laughs> Jonesy's sitting there chucking pucks up. 
So you probably don't know this, but Bryce is hands down the best Monopoly player of all time. Like the one night, like, like Chad, you were there too. We were we were at Bryce. Chad was there. I yeah, was not. Chad was not there. No, I was there. Yeah, I came place. late. I came later. Oh, that was the, yeah. That was your. Didn't you just turn nineteen that night, or like that I, week? That no, yeah, I turned 19. I was in Erie, though. That was my first time being oh. 19 in Canada. Yeah, was, yeah I forgot you were there. That's hilarious. Yeah, there's a... I mean, playing yeah. junior hockey stuff, there's so much time to kill. And so, like, a lot of movies, a lot of shows, a lot of Xbox. But, like, there's a lot of board games that happen, too, because guys are so competitive. I mean, I know Chad's playing, been playing Catan lately with his roommates, which is a great board game, but... That's definitely, uh, especially bus rides too. I remember when I played in Windsor the University just this past year, we used to play chess the whole bus ride. So there's, uh, yeah, I've got a, I'm pretty good at a lot of board games and stuff just from over the years of playing them and playing them a lot. So yeah, the one night we were there, and he think he'd be bankrupt in about like an hour and a half. So that's why you sewered him on the picture. That's yeah. why you yeah. sewered him. Yeah, he just was bankrupt in no time. Was, <laughs> I honestly, like, I wanted him to, like, post, like, a preview or whatever. So I went on, on the chat on Facebook page, and I just started scrolling. Yeah. And that was I the don't first one I found. I was just busting your balls about it. So what would you guys, like, your biggest pregame ritual be on game day? Oh, uh, I've kind of changed throughout the years. Like, I used to have a crazy well not crazy but it's just such a detailed routine and eerie um i'm still kind of trying to figure out my new routine here and you know just with like the new building and stuff but yeah in eerie i had i had quite the routine so you know, we'd get up and go stretch at the rink in the morning um, usually like 9 30 or something and then we as a team well not maybe not everyone on the team but there were you know quite a few guys i would go out for breakfast at our uh at this one spot called Lori's Wildridge, and uh they loved us there like loved us there we'd get free meals there sometimes you know fans would buy us meals and you know so we're we're always going there and and you know they loved us so that was always part of our game day and um you know always get the same thing and a hot chocolate too and um you know then you go home and you know i remember i remember we used to always play fort like right before our nap so you know, I, I wasn't a huge uh, napper. I would nap for like maybe an hour. So, you know, we'd, we'd hop on a squad with some of the guys and we'd play Fortnite for, you know, a good hour and a bit and then um, go down for a nap and, and then, you know, have a pregame meal um, you know, that the billets had, had ready for me. And I used to get to the rink two hours and 45 minutes before because you know, I had a bunch of stuff to do. So i tape the sticks and, you know, get stretching and then, uh, you know, there were some weird little things like I'd always uh, I'd go and grab uh, five pieces of, of double bubble and I'd put three in my stall. And then before I went to go do my dynamic warm up with the team or go play sewer ball, I'd, I'd uh, eat two of them. And then after sewer, I'd throw my gum out and, you know, then we did our team warm up and then I'd do my own little thing. You know, I'd run by. There was always this one fan, too, that was there like so early. Um, this little girl and uh, we became kind of close and I'd always walk by and give her a little bump before the game and then you know I go into the trainer room do my own thing and then get stretched out in the same on the same bench by uh by our uh, athletic therapist and and then uh you know I'd go and get dressed uh I never really realized it but I always did my left side before my right 
um, it was weird. I didn't, like, it was just a habit. So I guess you could throw that in there and, and then, uh, I'd go out, uh, for warmups at the same time. It was like 1920, I think on the clock or 19, uh, something stupid on the clock. And I'd throw those other three pieces of gum in, in my mouth and then go out, do the same routine, every warm up. Um, yeah, for 15 minutes, I, you, you could tell exactly where I was and what I was doing. Do you ever eat? You'd eat three pieces of double bubble during warm-up. Still, still, oh, no, just a cheek full. Sometimes your head starts to hurt, but oh yeah, that's, that's the worst when they get rock solid in your mouth. They're yeah. always fucking rock solid too. Yeah, I yeah. had, a, I had quite the routine uh, by the time I was finishing area. Yeah, holy <laughs> fuck, that's pretty detailed. Yeah, yeah. well, I feel like. Things, I feel like with routines and stuff, you you add on to them all the time. Every year like, I would add on. Not even year, even every game. Like if you do something different and you score, like you just never stop doing it. Well, that's how I was anyway. I, I wasn't mean, like that though. Chad, really? would you ever would you ever get like so let's say something in your routine like didn't happen that day? Would it ever like stress you out? Like are you superstitious like that? No, I wouldn't let it. I I, I started well when I was first starting in the all like little things that stressed me out and like freaked me out but then i was just like as time went on i was like what why you know like why are you stressed out so i would just let it go if if, if whatever happened happened it's, it wasn't a big deal so um I, I tried not to be that guy but yeah i was pretty good at it bryce how about you how was your pre pre-game routine <laughs> i mean i personally i think i was a bit of a freak but uh like, I just do stupid shit all the time before the game. Like, I wasn't as detailed. Like, before I got to the rink, really never didn't matter. Like, if I was tired, I'd take a nap. If I wasn't tired, I wouldn't take a nap. Um, I kind of just ate pregame meal, like, around the same time, not necessarily to the tee, and then went to the rink. Um, before every game, I'd get a large double-double and uh, two old-fashioned glazed donuts. I'd have one. I'd have one right before the game, right before, like, after warm-up, we'd come in, and I'd eat it before the game. And then uh, I'd have the second one between the second and third. So that was my one every-game thing, like, pre-game. And then, I mean, warm-ups and stuff, nothing really crazy. Um, just kind of did warm-ups and kind of screwed around and had fun, kept it loose. I'm not the biggest uh, – I don't like to be too serious until actual game time. I try to keep it loose and try to keep everyone relaxed. And I've kind of been like that my whole career, honestly. And some people hate it. Some people don't mind it. So I just do it. It makes me happy. I do what I do. So, um, but then hockey wise, once I taped my stick and waxed it, it the blade can touch the ground. And if yep. it did, I'd completely retape it. Yeah, I used to do the same thing. Didn't help for putting the puck in the net, though, but yeah, <laughs> definitely helps then, the mindset. Yeah. I. Uh, but I back to what you said with Chad, if something went wrong, would you freak out? And I would totally freak out and lose my mind. But, like, after, like, one shift, I'd completely forget about it. But, like, before the game and stuff like that, I'd get antsy and freak out. Like, oh, this could be bad. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. But, uh, because I didn't tie my left skate before my right, we fucking might lose tonight. Like, I <laughs> made myself not think about that ever. Because that would just, like, I would take that to an extreme different level. So I'm pretty, uh, 
I'm not going to say OCD, but I'm pretty detailed with things and equipment wise and stick wise, I'm pretty detailed and a lot of this shit has to be perfect. So if something's out of whack, I get pretty upset and uh, usually just end up redoing it. So, so Bryce, you uh, played one year in the GMHL and you put up 153 points in 37 <laughs> games. Like that's honestly fucked. That is like, insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Luke, obviously, like he played with you, and he would just like you would just honestly take the puck and just go right to everyone and score like every single shift. You probably had what maybe like four, like four or five points a game most nights. Yeah, I mean, there's some nights I had like one or two, but I don't think I was held pointless to any on any game. I don't know because that season kind of flew by. It was a fun season. I I, uh, I enjoyed my time there. Yeah, honestly, I, I can't say I know anyone that has that many points in that little game. So that's, that's kind of insane. <laughs> all right, and that's all we got for today. Thanks again to the boys for coming on to the episode. Uh, we really appreciated you taking the time out of your day to come on. And uh, Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it was a blast talking to you guys. And maybe I'll uh, stop by again soon and have another chat. Yeah, thanks, boys. Appreciate you uh, inviting us on. and. Hopefully, uh, we keep climbing the charts here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, eh, boys? We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah no problem. Take it easy, All guys. Right. Said it runs through my veins. Wake up in the morning, think of the game. We don't do it, we don't do it for the fame. We just do it, we just do it for the game When we play, yeah, you know we shut it down Hit the ice all day until the sun is down All the bunnies looking when we come around Yeah, yeah, you know that we run the town My life started on the ice Long days and lots of long nights This is my sacrifice They don't know what it's a lot like This is junior hockey life Welcome to junior hockey life